Hello everyone and Happy New Year's. This is Donna Miller with Vote Voiced. First of all, I just want to wish everyone a beautiful year ahead. I wish you and your family peace, love, happiness, and success in the coming new year. Safety. And I just wish you all well and I pray that our 2023 is a lot calmer and we can get out of the house and we don't have to start wearing masks again. Well, this past election, 2022, we see a change. What we have seen is the power of your vote, okay? So if you don't like what you have seen after this 22 election, then you just need to make sure that you vote in the upcoming 2023 election. I'm gonna have more information about the elections that are upcoming. Many of them will be local elections, but we're gonna talk about that because we need to get into the habit of voting no matter when and no matter what we're going to vote on because we need to be aware that our voices are still important and our votes are still important in 2023. Let's talk a little bit about Congress because as we saw, it really was an historic start to Congress because they could not come up with a speaker on one side of the house. Now the United States Congress is a legislature of the federal government of the United States. It is composed of a lower body, the House of Representatives, and an upper body, the Senate. Of course they meet in the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Okay. Now the first time there was ever a meeting of Congress was in 1789. Okay. Now, we do not have another election in the House for the Senate until 2024. So in 2023, we usually have just our local elections. But I'll let you know what elections are coming up in the future. Now, Congress has two parts, like I said, the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives. Each state has two U.S. Senators and at least one U.S. Representative. Now, the more residents a state has, the more U.S. representatives it is allowed to have. Now, for the record, we have 100 U.S. senators and 435 U.S. representatives. Now, 
As we've talked about today, Congress has a hundred senators, two from each state, and 435 voting members of the House of Representatives. The terms of office and number of members directly affects each institution. With four times the membership, the House follows procedures closely and they limit debates. Now, members of the U.S. House of Representatives each represent a portion of their state known as a congressional district, which averages about 700,000 people. But senators represent the entire state. Now, through legislative debate and compromise, the U.S. Congress makes laws that influence our daily lives. It holds hearings to inform the legislative process. It conducts investigations to oversee the executive branch, and it serves as the voice of the people and the states in the federal government. Okay, now there are three things that Congress does, and they are called the enumerated powers of Congress. They have the power to tax and spend for the general welfare and the common defense. They have the power to borrow money, to regulate commerce with states and other nations and Native American tribes. So when there is an issue in Congress and things aren't getting done because they're stuck on one procedure, you can imagine how difficult it becomes for the country because we need Congress to do these three things in order for our country to run well. The Senate has a hundred members and is the upper house of the United States Congress. It is called the upper house because it has fewer members than the House of Representatives and the powers not granted to the House, such as giving approval to appointments of cabinet secretaries and federal judges. Now, the president has the power either to sign legislation into law or to veto bills enacted by Congress, although Congress may override a veto with two-thirds vote of both houses. Now, Congress is run by the Speaker of the House, which used to be Nancy Pelosi, and the House Majority Leader, which used to be Stanley Hoyer. And there, there are um, 
535 voting members, 100 are senators, and 435 are representatives. And there may be a few non-voting members, but I'm not sure right now because the Congress has just changed. So let's go ahead and see what else we have to say about Congress. Okay. Now, now we know that um, there's been a new person elected um, to our House Speaker. And boy, I cannot remember that guy's name with all the madness all this week. <sighs> okay. Um, Hakeem Jeffries is the um, second is, is the speaker for the Democrats and the Republican speaker is man it'll come to me that's horrible I all that maybe I blocked it out there was so much mess now to balance the interests of both the small and large states the f- um, framers of the Constitution divided the power of Congress between two houses. Each state has an equal voice in the Senate while representation in the House of Representatives is based on the size of each state's population. Now, this was established by Article 1 of the Constitution. The legislative branch consists of the House of Representatives and the state which together form oh I'm sorry and the Senate I'm sorry which together form the United States Congress now the house the okay now the house is one of the Congress's two chambers the other is the US Senate and part of the federal government's legislative branch the number of voting representatives in the house is fixed by law at no more than 435 and that's uh representing the population of 50 states so it'll be interesting if um we add more states i, I know there's talk of adding puerto rico and really we uh and talk and might be talk of adding another state but i'm not sure i think they want to make a part of washington a state there's and so um it'll be interesting to see if the members of Congress go up. Now, among the express powers of Congress that are defined in the Constitution are the power to lay and collect taxes, borrow money on the credit United States, regulate commerce, coin money, declare war, raise and support armies, and make all laws necessary for the uh, execution of his powers. Now, the U.S. Senate, together with the U.S. House of Representatives, makes up the U.S. Congress. The Senate holds certain unique powers and obligations. Its makeup is different also. Two senators represent each state, and senators serve staggered six-year terms. Now, no one part of the government dominates the other. 
The Constitution of the United States provides checks and balances among the three branches of the federal government. The authors of the Constitution expected the greater power to lie with Congress as described in Article 1. Now, Congress ha is given 27 specific powers under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. And we are going to talk about these specific powers. Okay, now, these 27 specific powers are the enumerated powers. And like I said, they cover such things as the right to collect taxes, regulate foreign and domestic commerce, coin money, they declare war, support an army and navy, and establish lower federal courts. They, Congress can also admit new states to the union, propose amendments to the constitution, collect federal income taxes, and enforce protection and extension of civil rights. Okay? And, and this is all laid out in the Constitution. Now, they have implied powers that are not stated directly in the Constitution, but they derive from the right of Congress to make all laws necessary and proper to carry out its enumerated powers, okay? Now, this, this uh, sentence is located at the end of Article 1, Section 8, and this clause is often called the Elastic Clause because it stretches the authority of Congress, okay? Now, there was a Supreme Court uh, concept of implied powers in a landmark case, McCullough versus Maryland, 18, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 1819. And that ruling said that the federal government had the right to establish a national bank under the power delegated, delegated to Congress to borrow money and control commerce. And there's a more recent example of implied powers in the War Powers Act of 1973, which limited the ability of the president to send American troops into combat without consulting and notifying Congress. Now, people take it for granted that the president has to have Congress's um, say, okay, before going to war. People take it for granted that they have to consult Congress and notify Congress before going into war to the point that when Barack Obama was president, when Congress didn't want to back him to go to war, he didn't go because the people from 1973, okay, the people of America just take it for granted 
that Congress must participate and must approve all acts of war by the president. That's that's how that short space of time is how we perceive and look at Congress. That no president should go to war or contemplate war without expressly having the approval of Congress. And if a president did, he could be seen as doing something illegal, okay, by the people if he tries to go to war and he doesn't have the backing of Congress. And this was only considered in 1973 with the War Powers Act. So the Constitution also lists powers that are denied to Congress on Article 1, Section 9. The Bill of Rights prohibits Congress from making laws that limit individual liberties. And under the system of checks and balances, the president can veto a law passed by Congress. Or the Supreme Court can declare a law unconstitutional. Voters can ignore unpopular laws and pass, I'm sorry, and press for their repeal. And that happened during prohibition. Prohibition, I'm sorry, prohibition. So these are some of the things that um, we have the power to do in our world. This is your vote, people. This is why it's important that you put people that you know who you're, you think about your vote. Your vote is not arbitrary. When you send a person to Congress, and it's unfortunate that we had a candidate that lied. I tell you, um, in 2020, I was not the only nonprofit, but there were other nonprofits that were actually, you know, helping voters to ask the right questions, you know, know who your candidate is. Well, nothing, nothing in anything I ever taught, any Zoom meeting I ever held, any social post I ever put out (laughs) or anybody else in this country, did we ever put out, how do you know when a candidate is just outright lying to you? How do you know? You know what? I don't know. I think we have a candidate in Congress now from New York, And he pretty much is going to be staying there. Um, This candidate is named Santos. And Santos just apparently out and out lied about who he was to be elected. So people elected him based on the lies that he told. He basically said, I'm a frog. But what he didn't say is that he was a snail in a frog costume. He said, I'm a frog. And people saw the frog costume, thought it was real, and voted for the frog because they wanted to vote for a frog. A frog needed to go out on the lily pad. So the frog was really a snail. 
once the frog had approval from the other frogs to go out onto the lily pads to represent the frogs, okay? <sighs> the snail climbed out of the frog costume. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't know people. I, I, I just don't know. I mean, there's nothing you can do if you have a snail and a frog costume. And how do you know that, that that's not the frog? So I don't fault the voters. I fought, I, I blame the politicians. And I guess we now need to start having laws that if a politician runs on lies, lies about his experiences, and whatever this guy lied about, we have to look at what this guy did exactly and write a law to give voters the opportunity to recall that politician. And they, there are plenty of um, organizations in every state that focuses on legislation to put on the ballot and then, you know, that goes before the different bodies locally. And I, uh, Vote Voice, that is not what Vote Voice does, but it's something that every city and state and county and village in this country needs to add to their constitution or laws or whatever it is, we wherever we need to put it, we as voters need to be able to recall a dirty-faced, forked-tongue devil of a politician. That is what we need to do. So I just hope that um, our, you know, sister and brother organizations out there that that does that okay like there was an organization that was called protect the vote and there's one promote the vote I, I, I believe that they are for the express power of making sure that um, there's legislation to protect the vote <coughs> excuse me I would think that legislation to recall a what lion politician I, I don't know any way uh, what else to say should be primary in our goals for 2023 and definitely for 2024 so as we get going in this next election year um, I'm sure more and more conversation will be had it, it may take us time I'm not saying it's something that we'll be able to do overnight as voters, as nonprofits, as legislators, but it's definitely something that we need to do. And I will hopefully be able to give you information about that in the upcoming future. I am going to be back with information on our upcoming elections so that we can make sure that we get involved, okay? I just want to thank you all for being supporters of Vote Voiced. We're on Facebook, 
We are on TikTok, okay? And we have our podcast and we have our YouTube channel. And I'm going to be adding more things to the YouTube channel so that we'll have uh, more information and just history also about voting and civil rights because voting and civil rights often walk together. So ladies and gentlemen, I wish you well. Uh, I wish you have a wonderful day, a wonderful evening, a wonderful weekend whenever you're listening to us. I thank you again for supporting us. Um, My name is Donna Miller. And this is Vote Voice. Visit us at www.votevoiced.com. God bless you and have a wonderful day.